This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome back to the Forgotten Origins of Fairy Tales, the podcast where I look into the truth behind our best-loved children's stories. And this week, it's the turn of the little puppet who lied. Pinocchio is one of the earliest Disney classics, released in 1940 and reportedly Walt Disney's favourite. And we can see Disney's mark all over it, a moral tale that was more than a little bit frightening. I mean, I can't be the only child terrified to see little boys turned into donkeys or a massive whale consume the puppet. But how close did Disney get to the original? Well, it won't come as a shock to regular listeners of the podcast that the original is far more sinister. Compared to other fairy tales I've covered, Pinocchio is actually relatively young, written as part of a series by Italian fairy tale collector collector Carlo Collodi in 1881. And the series was printed in the children's magazine Giornale per i Bambini. Sorry, I've probably completely butchered that. But it was featured regularly over a four-month period. So what was the original tale? And why did Disney feel the need to change so much of it? Well, to start with, Pinocchio was set up to fail right from the beginning of the story. Instead of a loving and lonely old man hoping to create a son out of wood, carpenter Antonio finds a block of wood near his house and plans to carve it into a leg for his dining table. But as he starts to carve, the wood cries out, and terrified by a talking log, Antonio gives it to his neighbour, Geppetto, a poor man hoping to become a puppeteer. And Geppetto ignores the screams and carves the hunk of wood into a boy, naming him Pinocchio. But the puppet is immediately mischievous, not sweet and accident-prone like the 1940s film. And as soon as he's been finished, he kicks Geppetto repeatedly in the shins and runs away into the street. But he's quickly caught by a police officer who, thinking Pinocchio is real, assumes Geppetto has been mistreating him and locks up the poor puppeteer immediately. Left alone and feeling no guilt whatsoever, Pinocchio goes back to the house to find something to eat. It's here that we see a familiar character, as the young puppet finds a talking cricket, who's been living in the house since it was built centuries ago. But the cricket warns Pinocchio of the dangers of disobedience and dishonesty. But this is actually the last we see of the cricket, 
because the puppet accidentally kills him with a hammer. Yep, Jiminy Cricket lasts less than two pages before getting squished. But don't worry, he does come back as a ghost later. Unable to find food, Pinocchio goes door to door asking neighbours if they have anything he can eat. But all he gets is several faces full of cold ice water. And after returning home, hungry and tired, he falls asleep on the stove, only to wake up the next morning with his feet completely burnt off. Luckily for Pinocchio, Geppetto is released from jail and builds him a brand new pair of feet. He also sells his old coat to buy Pinocchio a school book so he can go to school. Wanting to be good, Pinocchio gets up early the next morning to go to school. However, he gets distracted when he sees the great Marionetti theatre and decides to sell the book in exchange for a ticket. So we can always we can already see that he's a pretty ungrateful brat. But while he watches the performance, puppets on stage recognise him as they all came from the same tree. But this distraction angers the puppet master and in his rage he pulls Pinocchio out of the audience and decides to use him as firewood to cook his dinner. Yikes. But Pinocchio tells such a heart-wrenching story about his father back home that the puppet master gives in and even hands the puppet five gold pieces to give to Geppetto. On the way back home to give the coins to his father, our hero runs into a cat and a fox. The fox pretends to be lame and the cat pretends to be blind and they deceive Pinocchio convincing him that if he plants one of his coins in the field of miracles, it will grow into a coin tree. But on the way to the field, the cat and the fox convince the puppet to stop in a tavern for some food. But when Pinocchio has his back turned, the two run out, leaving him to pay the bill. Still believing the myth about the tree and the gold coins, though, the puppet makes his way once again to the field. But on the way, the cat and the fox, dressed as bandits, ambush him in an attempt to steal the gold. But he escapes, biting off the cat's paw in the process. Frantically, he knocks on a nearby door, which is opened by a turquoise fairy. But just as she's about to invite him in, the bandits catch him and hang him by his neck from the tree outside. Blimey. Disney's version really wasn't as scarring as we thought compared to this one. And I think we've got a lot to thank him for, for toning this down. But our hero doesn't get killed off. Instead, the bandits get bored of waiting for him to suffocate and leave. The fairy then gets the puppet down and lays him him on her bed. Sure that she was too late, the fairy starts to weep when the ghost of the dead cricket appears, see, I told you he'd come back, and tells her that Pinocchio is alive, but he's been dishonest and has hurt his father. And when he wakes up, the fairy asks him where the gold coins are, to which he lies and says he doesn't know. But after the words have left his wooden lips, his nose grows so long that he can't turn his head. The fairy explains that every time he tells a lie, his nose will grow, and she chisels it down by summoning a woodpecker. 
She then calls for Geppetto to come and collect his son, and Pinocchio walks out to meet him. But on the way, he again runs into the cat and the fox. Must be a really small town. But doesn't realise that they were the bandits, despite the cat's missing paw. And they remind Pinocchio of the Field of Miracles and persuade him once again to plant his coin. Once he's done so, he leaves for 20 minutes to allow the tree time to grow, as instructed by the two animals. And when he returns, his coin, unsurprisingly, is gone. And he learns of their treachery from a parrot mocking him from a tree. Pinocchio then rushes to court and tells the judge what has happened. And though the judge feels pity for the wooden boy, he sentences him to four months in prison for foolishness. Seems a little bit harsh to me, but there we go. After being released, he goes in search of his father and finds him building a boat in order to look for his missing son. And just as Pinocchio goes to swim out to Geppetto, the man is swallowed by an enormous dogfish. Yep, dogfish, not whale. Lonely and dishevelled, the boy returns to the fairy, who says that Pinocchio must fulfil his father's wishes and attend school, and if he does as he's told, he will turn into a real boy. And Pinocchio does very well at school, rising quickly to the top of his class. But once again, he gets sidetracked, this time by his close friend, Candlewick. Candlewick tells Pinocchio about Toyland, a magical island where everyone plays all day and never works. Excited, the puppet agrees to go to the magical island, and the two are taken by a man known as the Coachman, and live on the amazing island for five glorious months. But on the morning of the fifth month, the two boys awaken to find that they have been turned into donkeys. A dormouse explains that boys who play and don't work or study turn into donkeys. The coachman then sells Pinocchio to a man who wants to turn his skin into a drum. Because, you know, who doesn't want a donkey skin drum? But before he can skin Pinocchio, the man needs to kill him so throws him into the ocean to drown. But luckily for our hero, fish nibble at the donkey flesh until he's back to his puppet form. Just as he's about to get out of the water, though, he's swallowed by a dogfish, and in its stomach he finds his father, Geppetto. Together they escape the belly of the fish and swim safely back to shore. Once home with his father, Pinocchio works hard for a local farmer, tending his fields and bringing in the harvest, all while nursing Geppetto back to health. After saving up 40 shillings for himself, the puppet goes into town to buy a new suit. But while he's there, he overhears a snail telling the shopkeeper that the fairy is desperately ill and in need of money. Without a moment's hesitation, Pinocchio gives the snail all his money and instructs him to take it to the fairy. That night, the puppet dreams his fairy came to him and kisses him gently on the forehead. The next morning he awakes to find that he's no longer made of wood, but has been transformed into a real boy. 
And that's the end of the original tale. So the morals of the story are pretty much exactly the same in the original as the 1940 film. Work hard, don't lie, don't be selfish and don't trust strangers. But whoa, Collodi's series must have given children some serious nightmares. That's the end of this week's podcast. I hope you found it interesting. Next week, we're back with a princess. And this time, it's the turn of Rapunzel. If you enjoy this podcast, please recommend it to friends and family. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram for all the latest updates at Forgotten Origins Podcast. That's all one word, Forgotten Origins Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.